You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash, and I like to think we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. Today, we have a very special guest, Tegan Parkinson. Welcome to the Flawed and Fabulous podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. Now, I am very excited to have you here because I am totally geeking out on what you do at the moment. But before we get into that, you have pulled an angel card. I have. And it actually jumped out at you. It did. It threw itself out of the deck. And let's turn it over and see what it says. Let's see how they're going to troll me today. Oh, opportunity to to forgive. This situation brings you the opportunity to heal, grow and release negative patterns. Hold the intention of seeing the other person's inner divine light and goodness. We will help you release unforgiving thoughts, feelings and energies and lift you to a higher place of peace and compassion. Interesting. Interesting. It's really resonating with me. So <laughs> it's not your card, is it not mine? I feel like it probably I'm like, let's see what it says. So um, the angels sent me this card because they see that you've grown weary of a recurring negative pattern in your life. To break this cycle, it's important for you to release old toxic thoughts about the current situation and relationship. You can do this by breathing deeply and on each exhalation, giving your fears, worries, anger, and other painful emotions to the angels. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you are condoning the other person's behavior. It just means, this is like wildly <laughs> like crazy for me at the moment. Um, it just means that you're unwilling to carry toxic feelings and thoughts about him or her. Release, be free, and experience positive patterns through forgiveness. Additional meaning for this card, avoid blaming yourself or others. As you release anger, a creative resolution to this situation will appear. There are hidden blessings in the relationship and situation. Focus upon desires instead of fears or judgments. So it's not landing for you. It's really landing for me. I've never seen that card before. Really? I've I've, I've always pull like the same 10 cards. So I think there's 44 in this deck and I always pull the same ones. It's look, it's not jumping out at me right now why I could have pulled that card, but you just don't know. Maybe it is for you. You just don't know. Well, yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> to share it with Ethan a little bit later. He'll be like, get out, because he's like, never used to really be into it. And then yeah. I just seem to be like this really intuitive, like they're always speaking to me. And he, like, I've never seen that card before. So it's wildly appropriate at the moment. <laughs> um, all right, well, now. Let's go. Let's go. And full disclaimer, we do have two special guests here today. Yes. We have Tegan and her fur baby, Millie. And um, as I said, this season is very chill, very relaxed, (laughs) all about the flawed and the fabulous parts of life. And we are just here for it. So if you do hear any little little barkies, Biggie's in the garage, so Biggie won't hear him. We're just going to go with it. So we're here for a good time. All right, Tegan, can you please give us your 411 of who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Okay. I, who I am? Um, that's a hard question. <laughs> Let's start with confronting. Who am I? Um, I am a person. I don't know. I love, like, I used to be a primary school teacher. So from when I was 14, I worked with kids, and that was a really big part of my life. And then I left teaching in 2019 and worked as a yoga and a meditation teacher and now I work with human design and Akashic Records and other 
energetic modalities and I think the through line through all of that is just always wanting to create a space for people to be able to just be themselves like when I was a teacher that was something that was really important to me um and it is now as an adult and you know I do miss working with kids sometimes but I think how powerful that I can help adults be themselves which then makes them so much more accepting of the children that they're with so mm -hmm. it's kind of like a beautiful flow on effect now mm -hmm. um what was the other one but you're also yes. a mama yes i am a mum. so i have a 15 year old son so we've just been going through choosing subjects for hsc so year 11 and year 12. scary it's very scary and very stressful when i was in year 10 choosing mine I didn't talk to my parents about it at all. Like I knew what I wanted to do and I had a really clear path. It was really focused. So it was really easy. Whereas like my son, I was like mm, really hard. And he was like, I could sense all of his emotions because of the way I amplify emotions mm -hmm. in my body. And so that was intense, but I just let him go through his process and we came out the other side by the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like really happy with what he chose and all of that. So yeah it's it's very interesting to raise a kid obviously i was only young when i had him so i was a kid myself so mm -hmm. kind of growing up together mm -hmm. but yeah it's a special bond it is a like special all bond. parents have a connect with their children yes but i think when you are literally growing up together it is a wild ride yes and it's always just been the two of us mm -hmm. so it's like yeah we do have a really special bond in that way but at the same time, I'm like really excited that he's going to go yeah. off and do his own thing now and yeah. find his place in the world. And I'll be 40 and child free, so <laughs> that'll be pretty What fun. a vibe. What a vibe <laughs> that is. And how do you spend your days now? What What is your career path? So now I work one-on-one -on -one with people doing human design, Akashic Records. I also recently started doing these Lemurian light healings. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I co-coach on a program, which is how our paths cross. Yes. I kind of, like, I'm a generator in human design. I'm designed to respond, so I'm kind of like, people give me things to respond to. I'm like, yes, wait, I'll do that. <laughs> so, like, um, I've worked on my friend's camps and worked with her, their staff on, like, well-being staff mm -hmm. and teach meditation courses, teach yoga, just lots all the of things. things. All the things. <laughs> and before we get more into the human design element, yes. and that's why you're here today, yes. because that's how the universe delivered us to each other. <laughs> it is. Um, I would like to start with the little messy and magical moments of the week. Can you yes. please tell me a messy moment that you've had this week? Oh, well, it is only Tuesday. <laughs> It can go back into like, it's so funny, the last guess was like, yeah, it's like Wednesday. And I'm like, no, no, you can go back like seven days in the week. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, oh, a messy moment. Well, I usually am like really, really chill now. Like I don't stress a lot very often, but yesterday... Uh, we had the weekend in Brisbane, mm -hmm. and so we had to drive from Brisbane to Byron to get Noah to school. And he is really like slow to get going. It's just like there's no there's no there's no pace about it at all. So I like hated enough time 
get in the car and then of course like the traffic was a nightmare so it's like sitting in the car I'm like don't stress about being late like being late's my thing that I can't I can't can hate being late can relate and Eden has gotten better but also has very little sense of time and so I was very much just in the car let it go release control because I also had somewhere I had to be after I dropped him off mm-hmm. and like, it's okay, there's nothing you can do about it, it'll all be fine. So that was probably like my messiest thing. Um, yeah. That's, that's good. If that's yeah. your messy moment of the week, you do yes. it. And what was a magical moment that you've experienced in the past seven days? I, on the weekend... So you got straight away. Yeah. <laughs> like all about the magic. I know. Nice. <laughs> that's the that's thing. That's the thing. <laughs> Um, on the weekend, I went to Monet in Paris, oh, like this exhibition in Brisbane. Yeah, wow. Um, my birthday's Bastille Day, so like mm-hmm. Paris is like, oh, I spent my birthday day. there one year. Wow. And in astrology, you can do this chart that maps your astrology over a world map. And so like different oh. places in the world are activated by different energies. Wow. And I, remember, I did a training on it and the chick's like, oh, everyone says that they think that they'll have something in Paris and no one does. And two of my lines go through Paris. And I was like, <laughs> it's me. So I went to that. It was just so beautiful. I went by myself, which was fine. Hello. And um, do you want to come up? But as we were sitting, as I was sitting there watching it, I, I just started crying. Like it was just really beautiful, and like they were putting up all these quotes that Monet and other impressionists had, and like his connection with nature was just so beautiful to read about on the screens. And I love Degas. I used to do ballet growing up, so mm-hmm. it's like when all that stuff came up, it was just yeah. And it was just like one of those things of like I knew I was meant to be there, and my best friend from like grade prep in school is in Paris at the moment. Oh. So I was there and we were both like, I know I wasn't really in Paris, but it was like the vibe of it. Anyway. in Paris. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the closest to it. So yeah, that was really special. Oh, it sounds special. Yes. And obviously I love that that's that connect for you. And then yeah. you're able to create your own Paris here in yeah. Queensland. Yes, who would have thought? <laughs> Beautiful, magical moment of the week. Yeah. Okay, so you did touch on before that you were a teacher. Yes. And now I feel like you were doing something completely different in your teaching. What was that pivotal moment that made you change from teaching to want to fill your days doing your new work? Yes, so I didn't want to stay in teaching. Mm -hmm. I just knew it wasn't right. So when I was at uni, I was planning to drop out Mm -hmm. and travel the world and just be free. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I got pregnant and my mum's biggest thing was don't drop out. You've only got a year left, live with us, get it finished. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like the perfect career to have being a single Mm -hmm. mum, holidays with him. So and I loved kids. Like, I loved teaching, teaching something that's always come really natural to me. Mm-hmm. And then, but I just always knew that it wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Like, it never fully fulfilled me. There was always, like, I was always searching within teaching for that thing that would, like, really light me up. Mm-hmm. And I would go down paths and it'd be, like, excite me for a bit and then be like, mm, That's not bored. it. That's <laughs> not it. That's not it. And I think as I... I went through a period where I had anxiety and depression really bad and then I started really working on myself and the more I started to actually like myself, the more I realised I couldn't fit in this system of the school Mm -hmm. setting 
Um, yeah, and once I like started being able to teach yoga and meditation, I just knew that I couldn't be in the system anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's what led me out of it. And then COVID hit, so I was at home and made the decision to move up here. And then there were more lockdowns and I'd been doing human design for myself for a couple right. of years. Mm -hmm. And then an opportunity to study, it came up. So I studied human design and astrology. And then randomly, that was how randomly an Akashic Records course popped up. And I was, my sacral was like, yes, do that. I knew nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was all in 2021. Mm -hmm. And cause I'd moved up to Byron. I didn't really know anyone. We were locked down. I'd sold my house, so I didn't have to work. So it just gave me all this space, kind of like what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. And I just surrendered into that. Um, yeah. And so then I just started doing one-on-one -on -one stuff and it's kind of naturally evolved. Like people be like, Hey, could you do this? And I'm like, yeah. And then I always had this feeling that, um, like I was going to do stuff with people mm -hmm. like, um, and then jazz reached out. Um, so for me being a fourth line, it's like my opportunities come through my network. So that my human design teacher recommended me to jazz and then jazz reached out to me. And so, yeah. So the way that the that. universe beautifully connects people that should connect. Together. Yes. A hundred percent. So I don't know. I never even like to me two years ago who was studying human design now. I still would never have believed I'd be where I am now doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yes. And and even like now I still like pinch myself. I'm like, how have I created this? Well, I just, I've had to sit in a lot of shit, like going from mm -hmm. someone who worked for a wage and being in like, say a normal job, it's very different to then like have your own business and mm -hmm. money's not consistent and like you have to you be somewhere at a certain time. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's so many layers to that that takes a long time to unpack. Definitely. Yeah. And that, you know, it's all very daunting in the, you know, startup of doing that that you're trying to trust that this is where you're supposed to be and you hit roadblocks or you yeah. your fears come in yes. and all those sort of things and you're like no i need to continue and this. if it was just me it would be different like i've got mm. a kid that i'm fully responsible for as well but there was just that part in me that knew i had to stick it out that i had to just sit in any discomfort because i am on the path that i'm meant to be on and we as humans really do not like to sit in discomfort. Oh, no, we avoid it at all costs. <laughs> all costs. It is really confronting and it's things that I'm trying <laughs> to work on at the moment and hence how I led to actually connecting with you. And you mentioned jazz earlier and I've been dabbling in my own human design for probably like the past like two to three years. But again, I get distracted very easy <laughs> with different things. And so this is really the, the last maybe nine months I've been like fully interested in doing it and then I've had a few readings and then just by signing up to this um, program mastermind that I was in with Jazz um, which was specifically for my human design yeah. why I was called to do it we got this little bonus call which was a um, session with you a 45 minute session with you and like that 45 minutes went for like five minutes in my brain yes. I was like shit no I need more of this <laughs> 
I was so literally like by the end of the conversation, you're like, do you have anything else to announce? I'm like, yes. I'm like, how do we continue this? <laughs> I like need it right now. And I actually, well, said to you, really interested in human design. I'm not too sure about the Akashic Records because I haven't evolved to that yes. yet. But like, let's just see where we go, yeah. which was, I thought, so amazing that that flexibility yeah. to really just stay in tune and see what comes up. And as my sessions are drawing closer to my, I, I purchased a package and <laughs> as the sessions are coming to an end, I'm like, okay, going to have to renew the package because we haven't even done the Akashic Records yet. <laughs> like, we're still so in the human design yeah. part, which I have absolutely like loved and eaten yeah. and just must be like, this lunatic is talking to me about this story. <laughs> but for those that don't know what human design is, I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to let you explain it. Okay, well, I'll let you butcher it a little bit. So it sounds really spiritual and abstract. I will start with that. But it's not, is it? Like it's no. very precise. Yeah, it's I feel very like scientific. scientific. Yeah, 100%. Maybe it's very, it's like that. it's very like mechanics based is mm-hmm. what I would say. But so it is based on astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the chakra system, uh, genetic science. There's a few things that kind of come together. So essentially this guy called Ra Aruhu, which well, this is not his real name, but he changed it. Um, <laughs> he named John Smith and he yeah. thought that's not going to work. Uh, I can't remember. I've had the mental like, I think it could be Alan. But <laughs> Um, but essentially, like, he had this come through him, this system, and... Which, that just blows my mind itself. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I can channel stuff, but, like, actually surrendering to something like this, like, seems really insane to me. Yeah. So, basically, up until 1781, so before Uranus was discovered, we were seven-centered beings. So, you know, you go to a yoga class and they talk about the seven chakras. Mm-hmm. And so when we were seven-centered beings, we were ruled by our minds. Mm-hmm. We were meant to make decisions with our minds. And then 1781, we transitioned into these nine-centered beings, which is the human design body graph. Um, unfortunately, we still live in a seven-centered world. So it's like we're kind of in that phase of, like, being in between the two. Mm-hmm. But essentially based on your human design you have a way that you're meant to like energetically move through life there's a way through your body you're designed to make decisions so like we're the same mm-hmm. with those mm-hmm. even though you're a manifesting generator and i'm just a normal one what are the five types so the five so there's actually only four oh, types four, yeah so there's generators projectors reflectors and manifestors mm-hmm. so manifesting generators are a subtype of generator so it's like Around 70% of the population are generators and people are generators based on the sacral center being Mm -hmm. defined. And then manifestors only make up about 9% of the population. Mm -hmm. Projectors are about 21-ish percent, 20%. Projecting maths in your head. I'm like, this is going over 100. It's fine. Don't hold me to this. And then reflectors are only 1%. So reflectors have no centers defined. This, if you haven't seen a chart, this yeah, will and I will share things and links and yeah. everything like that because it is really overwhelming. Oh, and yes. once you get like the basic foundation, it is yeah. freaking mind blowing. So it's like lots of people find it, and it's like I want to learn and know every single thing, and it, that actually keeps you stuck in your mind. Mm. So we're designed to like let our bodies basically our bodies are the vehicle moving us through life, and we're meant to sit back and be the passenger mm-hmm. and just let our bodies guide us 
The interesting thing too is projectors didn't exist until we became nine-centered beings. So when it was seven-centered, it was mainly just generators and manifestors. Mm -hmm. And manifestors were like the kings and queens, the ruling class that like bossed like the generators or the worker bees <laughs> around. So glad I'm in that. Yes. Divine sacral center, like that's where that workforce energy mm -hmm. comes from. And then, yeah, so projectors came in in 1781. And people were like, well, this is all like really abstract. If you look through time, a lot of the revolutions and stuff all started happening after the, this like transition. Ooh. It's just really like it's something that I just. Geek out. Yeah, geek out. Yeah. Like I think I was watching Marie Antoinette and they were talking about the French Revolution and I was like, oh, that timing like matches, but we changed because, and so that's when like a lot of the monarchies fell right. because projectors came in and so manifestors like lost their power right. because projectors are here to guide generators to use their energy correctly. Interesting. Yeah. Like literally every time we have a conversation, I'm like, this is going to be like a four hour podcast yeah. because we just go down this road like, and what else happened? <laughs> so, what else is but yeah, so the, let's like, we've got um, the types. Yeah. And then within the types, we have the profiles. Yes. And there's only six profiles. Yeah. So, but any type can be any profile. Yes. So like a project, I'm a two, four, any, any type could be a two, mm -hmm. four. So, but you could also be a four, two. <laughs> well, no. Oh, you can't. No. So you can't mirror. They don't all mirror. Oh, say again. Like, <laughs> so there's actually, <laughs> there's actually only 12 that there can oh. be. Yeah. So okay. not all the, or not all the pairs come together. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so the first three. So uh, one, two and three. One, two and three. <laughs> yes. And they're all like self related. Mm -hmm. They're like to deal with you and then four five and six are all like interpersonal mm -hmm. and the profiles are like the roles or like the characters that you play mm -hmm. so for you you're a one three so yours are both like selfish, selfish, selfish. <laughs> and generators are here generators essentially are here to know themselves so like you're meant to be all about yourself yeah. that's okay i was like oh confronting again but <laughs> I'm so generous and kind and community yeah. and all these things. Thank you. Um, and I'm like, oh, but no, part of my life for the past seven years has been this big self journey of like yeah. figuring out this and that and why and who and how. And so it's, um, you know, definitely resonating with me now yeah. that through knowing my own self is how I help and support other people. Yes. And so... And then, yeah, four, five, and six are more interpersonal. Most of the profile combinations have one of each. Mm -hmm. But one, threes, and then you can be a four, six. So my parents, my mum's a one, three, and my dad's a four, six. And it's really interesting to observe their dynamics play out. And we spoke about this just in our last session that I'm one, three, and Eden's a four, six. Yes, so exactly. Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so that happens, like, they... Uh, so essentially, like, with human design, we kind of start to see that we are attracted to what we're not mm -hmm. and we try to be what we're actually not. Mm -hmm. And that's the coolest thing about human design. It, like, tells us who we are and it helps us see where we're not being ourselves. So I don't see it as, like, I'm going to force myself to be my human design chart. My human design chart helps me be aware of where I'm not being myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I, like 
to not overcomplicate it and really like everyone like be yeah. like, oh, that sounds like it's too much. It's like basically a star sign on steroids. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> like it I feel like the difference is like there is an element of. I mean, there is slightly to human design as well, but like astrology is more open to me. Mm-hmm. There's an openness to astrology where it's like a lot of stuff is open to interpretation, mm-hmm. but the people that honor the source material of human design there's less of that like it's like well if you're a generator or a manifesting generator you're here to be in response Mm -hmm. you can't initiate and that's called your strategy that's your strategy Mm -hmm. so every aura has a different strategy and that's how they're meant to function so generators are meant to respond to life but because generators have a defined sacral they're usually conditioned to initiate and try and force things to happen, which is how generators end up frustrated and doing the wrong thing and down the wrong path. And so that is your not self. Yes. So when, obviously I've just been learning about myself because I'm selfish on one three. <laughs> so today's podcast is going to be about Tegan sharing like her wealth of knowledge about all areas, but I'm still very much in myself yeah. and learning about my own human design. So I can then really figure out where I'm going in the future and play to my strengths um, and also be more nurturing to my weaknesses. Yes. And one of the other things that I continued to geek out on was I'm like, well, the whole family's going to be involved. So I'm doing this for everyone. And I, at the time that I got my design, I didn't actually have my time of birth. And my mum, she had passed away and my dad was very vague on the time. And I was like, I want this like information right now. Right now. And um, so I managed to track down my hospital records through the hospital in Victoria and it was $77 and they gave it to me and I was like, yes, because my dad was off by three hours with my time of birth. Which can make a huge difference. Huge difference. So, like... There, there are days where, say, like, you might be a 1-3 manifesting generator the whole day, day. But then there's other days where it could be, like... Um, so, like, I'm really into reality TV, like Vanderpump Rules, and so you don't have the birth times for those people's charts, so you run it and say, like, one of them could be, like, a 1-3 projector and then they're a manifesting generator because it can be one gate shifting that changes the whole design. Mm-hmm. And then... There are aspects that change minute by minute, like when you go into the deeper stuff. Yeah. So you can find out about your chart without a specific time, but it's not – there's there's enough to – because we didn't have even specific time, did we? Yeah, well, like half an hour ago yeah. we were yeah. working with, um, which was driving me crazy. I was like, <laughs> that's just – like I need the explicit detail – but, um, yeah, so he's a very slightly within the yes. half an hour. And that was just, like, the subtle things. But if you know your strategy and authority, a lot of the chart just falls into place. Like, that's what – even in, like, the business coaching stuff that I'm doing, always it's like, well, did you follow your strategy and authority? Like, did you respond? Have you come from a place of response? No. Well, then none of the other stuff's going to matter. Yeah. 
No, it really is. So then I was like, okay, I did all the kids, and then as I'm learning, and we've got the centers, and we've got the design types and the strategies, and it started to feel like really overwhelming. But then as I spent more time chatting it out with you, yes. I feel like when I was doing all of the reading, I was like, okay, like overwhelm, overwhelm, but it was making sense, but not fully landing. And then you would give me like an example, and be like, oh, yes. I get it. I totally get it. And like it was just making perfect. Sense, sense in that regard in my house house full of males already dealing with all the testosterone out there <laughs> um but everyone in my family is an emotional something yes so their authority their how they're designed for their bodies to make decisions is based on them riding their emotional wave and you don't know if their answer will come in two minutes, two hours, two days, two weeks. They don't know how long their wave will take. And if you force them to make a decision before they've ridden out their wave, it'll be a shit show. Yeah, can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like there's been a lot of shit shows going on. And for me, and again, without overcomplicating it, I don't have a defined, I have an undefined solar yeah. plexus. So the solar plexus is the center that deals with emotions. And so if you have a defined solar plexus, which is half the population, then you have an emotional authority. So we've got half the population are meant to make decisions with their emotions. And mm -hmm. we live in a society where you're not meant Told. to feel them. Yeah. So it's like wild. wild. And so the other half, the people with undefined or open solar plexus, they're actually called the non-emotionals. But they generally think they are the emotional ones and it's because they're going around amplifying emotional energy of everybody else. So anywhere you're undefined or open or white in your chart, that's where you amplify energy of other people. So for you, it's like you're amplifying the emotional energy of all the males in your house amazing <laughs> yeah and so what happens is when you have an undefined solar plexus you then want to escape that feeling because it feels so fucking uncomfortable in your body and so then you try and fix it and you want to fix it but then when you're trying to fix it you're actually blocking them from feeling. moving feeling yeah. what they need to feel to get clarity so essentially as a parent you have to let your kid move through their emotional way even though it kills you which is what I had to do with my son and his subject selection. Like one day he came home and I was like, I might die because this is like <laughs> this emotional <laughs> energy that he's projecting out. And he's like, no big deal. So for them, a lot of the time, it's like they don't actually think there's anything wrong, but to you it feels like, like it's torturous, 100%. <laughs> and then two days, I just was like, okay, and I just let him go because – if I interfere with him, he gets really, like, shitty and it makes his wave even worse. And so two days later, he came home and he was really happy. He, like, picked most of his subjects and gone out of his way to talk to a teacher. And it's because I just let him go and figure it out for himself. Right the way. He broke away. Speaking of my chart, I have my chart here. Oh, and yes. I thought this would be a good way of the Ford and Fat community to kind of understand because I've spoken a lot about it myself. <laughs> And I feel like that's the way that we all kind of learn and grow yeah. is through our own lived experiences. Yes. So we're just going to kind of do a rundown of my chart. Yes. And I'll share my chart online too so everyone can have a look. If someone wants to get 
their chart. It's okay. free services that you yes, can do. Yes, there are free ones. My Body Graph is a really good mm-hmm. one. Um, my Constellation is another good one. Um, you can do one chart on Genetic Matrix, but it's generally you have to pay to get the more stuff deets. from them, to get more details. So anytime anyone has a session with me, like I give them their the full Genetic mm-hmm. Matrix chart. Yeah, and then I'm like, and what about this person? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so as we said, I am a manifesting generator, which a lot yes. of the population is. Yeah, it's like, I think it breaks up, it's like nearly half-half with manifesting generators and normal generators. So the difference between the two is a manifesting generator has a motor centre that is connected to their throat. Mm-hmm. And so the throat is a centre where... Like, Obviously, we use our voice, but it's where, like, everything manifests from. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you've got this sacral energy that's connected to the throat, it, like, gives this spurt of energy and shit can happen really quickly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've kind of uncovered the most is that manifesting generators are usually, like, multi-passionate people. Yes. And so they can be doing one thing over here and then doing another thing over here. And I was starting to really get in my own head and be really resentful of, like, why can't I finish something? Yes. Like, why do I start something and move on and yeah. call myself a failure, yes. which is one of my gates. Which also, <laughs> also, like, you have hanging gate 53. Gate 53 is the gate of beginnings. So you've got that energy in your chart for beginning things but you don't have gate 42 which is like the middle and the endings yeah so it's like actually that's why and so then that's the beautiful thing about human design you learn something you're like that and like oh this thing that i thought was like really shit about myself that's actually like what i'm supposed to do so someone like you is amazing for me because i don't have gate 53 but i have gate 42 Mm -hmm. so it's like the beginnings of things isn't for me i'm meant to like just come in later What's up, peeps? What are you doing? (laughs) Do you know? And so that, when, say, like, that dynamic, so you have one half of the channel, a gate, and I have the other one, it's like this electromagnetic connection happens. So that's why we can feel really good around certain people because they, like, fill these little gaps that we have in our chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So... Again, it's going to be because they can't yes. usually see the chart, but look, there'll be a way for them to have a look at it as we're talking. But yes, there is colored centers which mean you are defined, and yes. then you have the white centers or the blank yes. centers which means you are undefined. Yes, and what does that usually mean between defined and undefined? So, anything that's colored in your chart that's who you are and that's fixed that never changes. Where you are white, that's where... Oh, and where you're fixed and never changed, that's where you project energy out. Mm -hmm. So you don't experience the energy of other people through the centres that are defined. Mm -hmm. Um, But other people can experience your energy through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Then where you're undefined, that's... We call them your wisdom centres because that's where you take on the energy of other people. It's where you amplify that energy in your body. And so once you understand where you're undefined, you can see, and that's where you experience your conditioning through. Mm-hmm. So that's then once you have awareness of that, it's like, oh, there's so, so much we do in our life is actually from the conditioning of these undefined centers. Like mm-hmm. the ego or heart center, for instance, is the center that's most open to conditioning. 
only 30% of the population have it defined. So mm-hmm. majority of people are running around with an undefined ego center. Mm-hmm. The things of that are proving your worth, mm-hmm. like being a people pleaser, making mm-hmm. everyone else happy. And so if you've got that undefined, how many reflect on your life? Like how much of what you've done has come from proving something to someone? Mm-hmm. And when I like reflected on that and saw like pretty much everything I'd done <laughs> was motivated by that in some way, I was like, oh, because there is deeper work to be done. Yes. So if you're undefined there, essentially you're here to learn that there's nothing for you to prove. Mm-hmm. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. And one of the like most interesting things that kind of I uncovered when we're doing all this is that I have an undefined head and an undefined <laughs> Ajna. Yeah. And I thought that I was a really strategic, like, strong person and really good at making decisions because I'm not emotional and which is kind of, like, yeah. still true. Yeah. But my head and my Ajna being undefined, I had had this, like, it just landed. And I heard it, I think I said it in one of our sessions that it was explained to me when I was listening to um, some recordings about explaining these areas. Yeah that um you know it's like the northern and the southern hemisphere of your brain one part of it's going to tell you to do something and the other part's going to tell you to do something else so you may as well flip a coin because you're battling against your own centers in regards to that if you're making a decision through that which i'm not supposed to make my decisions no through that which i had been and then it was just sending me in turmoil i would say and then when i started to listen to my gut like what is the right thing i should be yeah. doing or and i can feel it yeah. instantly yes. and i can feel my passion yeah. be like yes that's a fuck yes or it's a absolutely fucking not and that's where being connected to your body is so vital like i always say to everyone your theme so for a generator manifesting generator it's satisfaction and frustration do you even know what satisfaction feels like to you in your body? I do now. Yes. I do now. But like people don't. People just have this belief of what satisfaction looks like. And so So when I'm happy, sorry. So yes, my, my if I'm in my alignment yes. with my human design, I'm supposed to feel satisfied. Yes. That is satisfaction. Yes. And if I am not in my self theme, then I will feel frustration and if it's really bad. Anger. <laughs> yeah, because you're a ma- so manifestors not self theme is anger, and because you are a manifesting generator, anger can be something that can come through, but frustration will be the one that's more yes. prevalent. It's funny true. how much I've started using the word frustrated or frustration. Yeah, this like I'm not mad, I'm frustrated. Yes, like yes. And you can pick people who are generators generally because they talk about frustration a lot mm-hmm. and it comes from the defined sacral. Yeah. So generators usually know frustration really, really well, but they don't know satisfaction. And so, you know, some people I've worked with have realized what they thought was peace in their life is actually satisfaction. So, you know, we both, are, we're not meant to be striving for success. We're not meant to be measuring our achievements by success. We're meant to be checking in and saying, am I satisfied? Mm. Have I experienced satisfaction? And using that as your measure gives such a different perspective on so many things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas like projectors, um, their themes are success and bitterness. Mm-hmm. So su- projectors are meant to feel successful. Mm-hmm. And projectors know bitterness very well. We all tend to know the not self thing very well. Yeah, that's just society in general, yes, right? Yes, like I feel yes. like you know, a lot of um, 
perceptions about like what makes you happy or what is your brings you the ultimate joy and like do we really know the answers to those questions but we sure should know what pisses us off yes yes 100 percent and the thing about human design is like everyone's design is different so Mm -hmm. it's all about celebrating uniqueness Mm -hmm. and that's what i love about it so you know like i teach meditation but i wouldn't say my style of meditation is for everyone like I don't subscribe to that idea that everything is for everybody because I've seen people's charts Mm -hmm. everyone is so different it's like the people out there selling like business strategies like I'll give you like a seven figures or whatever and they're like making you mirror their strategy that's the worst thing you could do for yourself Mm -hmm. because that's actually targeting your not self of like your undefined centers Mm -hmm. and then conditioning you to be something that you're not and that'll work for a little while, maybe. Until you get until you get <laughs> until you like realize that it's actually not correct for who you are. And the, speaking of who you are, for me that is really why I chose this path of figuring out who I really am and my cause without all the conditioning that I've experienced about all the the pressures and the struggles that have created me to be the person that I believe that I am and really peeling back all of those layers and figuring out what actually does make me happy and is it what I was doing or maybe should I pivot and do something else and that's just not even um, professionally that's also like personally like learning that you know I have this like there's other the, the environments and things like that with um you know I, I enjoy being calm like I actually yes. love being on my own and I love doing again one three <laughs> and you also you haven't highlighted it on here but you also have a single definition mm. single definition I just people. learned that recently with you so it wasn't like a yeah. highlightable thing for me <laughs> single definition people like they basically feel whole in their energy. Single definition means all the centers defined in the chart are connected. Mm-hmm. So they can all, the energy can flow and they can talk to each other. Whereas someone like me, I have a split definition. So there's a gap. So I have like two centers that are connected and then two centers that are connected and they don't connect with each other. So I'm always seeking someone to bridge my split, which your chart does. Mm-hmm. So the people with a split definition like me we're the ones here to be to teach people how to be in relationship and all of that because we like we're the ones that'll like do what we can to keep people and all of that because we need that to feel whole Mm -hmm. um whereas you don't have that in the same way one of the things that I found really interesting is when we got into my defined center, which the spleen, yes. I have, I have many defined um, centers, but yes. the spleen, um, well, first of all, actually, when we started the first call, you're like, I don't usually talk about, um, gates. <laughs> and then you're like, but there's just one gate I feel really called and it's gate. It was gate 21. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's about control. And I was like, oh, smack my butt and call me Jesus. <laughs> to laugh because I listened to your first episode on the drive here and you were talking about control in that and I was like oh we're gonna touch on that today I'm bringing it back so literally and I was like oh I'm like this is gonna be a really wild ride this time together but the fact that you were just called to share that instantly solidified that I was exactly where I need to be in this moment and it is that another another layer of self-discovery where I've done 
my healing work in like therapy and acceptance and um, moving forward, but I really lost connection with who I am and where I'm going yeah. and what brings me joy and how I want to spend the next 40 years of my life. And yeah, through doing this work, I keep having these unlocks that I'm like, okay, well, no more pressure to do that. Like, yeah. you know, let that go. Like, you know, open up some space for something else. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, so you opened up at the gate 21 and then I was like, and then like, but we're going to actually talk about the spleen today. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like still no really big yeah. ideas about what we were like chatting about. And what does the spleen represent? So the spleen is the center. It's linked to, um, health, well-being, your immune system, your fears based on like safety and security mm -hmm. it's the primal gate mm -hmm. so it's all about like survival instincts so people with a defined spleen are really intuitive mm -hmm. because they have this link this like innate knowing of when things are and aren't safe like someone with a defined spleen would say be walking to someone's house and be like oh something doesn't feel right like they they just know when something's off and will make well, if they've been supported to listen to their body, then they won't do things that don't feel safe. But if you think about it, how often do kids get pressured into doing things that they don't like, don't don't feel is safe? And it's like if you know they've got a defined spleen, you should listen to them. Mm -hmm. Like you should teach them to trust that. And mine's defined. Yes, I have nearly all of the gates. Yes. Two, and I have two channels coming off them. Yes, and nearly every like fear activated. So each <laughs> yeah. tape represents a different fear. And we're going to quickly run through those because I find them very interesting and I think it can land with the community that, um, you know, fears, being fearful is natural. It's just whether yes. you let these fears control your life or you're proactive in accepting the fears and working towards releasing them. Yeah, and it's okay. Like, the fear, fear is a healthy thing. We've been really conditioned to believe that fear is a negative thing. Mm. But Especially actually, me. Yeah. Like, I can honestly say that admitting my fears out loud, like, previously, I'm still working on it, so yeah. like, I'm, I'm probably moved up, like, 1% <laughs> in, like, talking about my fears, um, that I, f fears make me feel weak and fears make me feel like yeah um and I, I don't want to feel like that but it's just the conditioning that i have through life circumstances yes. that i haven't had much opportunity to sit in my fear because i've had that survival um fight or flight mode yes. that i've really been pushing through for a long time but i also think for you too it's that realization that the fear isn't because of what happened to you. Like, I think that there was that element for you mm. of like, oh, well, I'm, I have these fears about all these things because of all this like shit that happened. Yeah. And that's what I related it to. Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, well, yeah. So it was like this justification of it. Like it's just because of this, but it's actually, it's a natural, beautiful gift that you have in mm. your chart. I don't see anything in the chart as good or bad. Yeah. But I think that it's all beautiful. And if everyone could just like be their chart, everything would be amazing because there's all different roles and everything like interacts with each other. Like you've got the gate of provocation in your chart. If, if someone said that you were someone that provokes people, that would be taken as an insult. But mm -hmm. like, that's actually a gift because how does growth and change happen if people aren't provoked? Again, very relevant to the you angel know? card. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
even like brought that up. And, like, I was like, we've never spoken about that no. before. So. I, it just jumped out at me the yeah. when I was looking at it. Or like, Damn, she's good. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the gate of control. Mm. There's so much conditioning around control being a bad thing, but it's your conscious earth placement. That's an energy you're meant to be grounded into to really shine your light out into the world. It's just how you go about being in control that makes a difference. So like being a manifesting generator, you need it, it needs to come from a place of response and it needs to be something that naturally happens as opposed to you going in and being like, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in control. <laughs> and it really is, um, you know, even as I continue to listen to you, it is that feeling within myself of that I'm designed to be like this and I need to love and accept myself. And what you just said before is that there's no good or bad, but my conditioning, even through still learning this, I'm seeing things as good and bad. And I will have to do the mental work to not see it that way, but I'm just my conditioning. And so that's where like the inner work then comes in, right? You don't have to be like, oh, well, I'm going to decondition my solar plexus. It's like, which, I mean... I'll show that solar plexus is fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> and look, like, people do approach it that way, but to me it's like, actually, if I'm working on being in response, like, for you, you're working on being on res- in response, which that's what you're doing, that's naturally going to bring up what you need to work through. Mm-hmm. And it has, like I've seen it. And Mm -hmm. you are doing an amazing job because I don't think people realise how challenging it is to be a generator or a manifesting generator and start to live in response Mm -hmm. because we initiate in every aspect of our life. Mm -hmm. So much as like I said to someone the other day, I'm like, oh, well, what about like when you go to the supermarket? And you do you wait for the check, like for the person to greet you? Oh, you said this to me actually. I said this to you as well. I could never do that. Yeah. And and why could you never do that? Oh, because that would be rude. Oh, that's the conditioning of the ego (laughs) center. So you didn't finish then. You in our session, you're like, well, the next time you go to the supermarket, wait to be spoken to and don't say hi. How are you first? And I'm like, I don't think I can do that. Did you try? forgot about it but I'm like it's on the list to do but like I I can replay in my head that I'm always like hi how are you how are you like you know or like you see someone down the street and you're like oh yeah hello (laughs) wait to be spoken to yeah it's really interesting and so like our it's easy to think about like the big ways you initiate Mm -hmm. but then what about all the small ways like what about even in your relationships like your friendships Mm -hmm. so many like Really, I've lost like so many of my relationships out of me not out of me not being initiating anymore. Yeah, and there's also an element of me being a fourth line that's all about like network and stuff. There's usually a shift that happens where like the old network falls away to create space for the new more aligned one to come yeah. in. But yeah, even that like. I've really seen now which relationships are really real. And, you know, then people will be like, oh, well, what if you're both generators and you're both just responding? I was thinking about this in the car. They're like, how do you ever talk to it, anyone? It's like, yeah, but it's like my best friend, she'll post something on Instagram and be like, respond to the post and yeah. then we end up in a deep conversation yeah. about things. Like don't take it like fully literally. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. 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 everything. Um, and so with the, with the spleen and yes. it being about the fears, 
I, and I have learned a lot of them. <laughs> and now trying to know that there is like everything's neutral and yeah. you know, no good or no bad. So I have gate 48, 57, 44, 50, and 28. Yes. And so I don't actually know what the two missing gates are, but I feel like that's enough. And um, so gate 48 is the gate of death, which is my abbreviation of it, which you can um, elaborate on, the fear of not knowing enough. Yes. And I can honestly say since we have hatched that out, yeah. how much I've held myself back in doing things I'm really passionate about because I've told myself I don't know enough yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's like a common story that I tell myself and for you it's also amplified because you're a first line profile and that gate 48 is your song that is in the first line and the first line is is motivated by fear the first line is the investigator and it wants to know everything about something mm-hmm. that's so me and so you think about that, that that's depth right yeah. so then it's also what are the right things for you to go deep into and not letting your mind be like, well, it would be really strategic and smart of me to know everything about this. And instead having a response, like you have to human design and now you're diving, you're like what we would call first lining it, yeah. and like diving into it really deeply. And yeah. that's all come from a place of response, not your mind being like, well, you should do this because it would be helpful. Yeah. And I definitely could list a whole array of shit that I've like worked out a strategy and been like, I'll do this, this, and this, and this, and it has not worked. Like, it, it never does. 100%. If you are a generator or a manifesting generator, the stuff you initiate will not work. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. And it's not because there's anything wrong. There's not, it's not because there's no value in what you've created. It's because it's come from your mind mm-hmm. and not from response. Gate 57 is intuitive insight. It's my favourite game. Fifty seven is my favourite game. You explain it then. Why is it and why is your favourite? Why? Um because it's all just about intuitive knowing in the now. And so I just think that there's something so beautiful about that. I don't have it in my chart. I do. Yes. <laughs> and I it's funny because I think you think that you're not that spiritual. But I think you're a lot more in tune than you realise. And a big part of that will be from this gate 57. Mm. Because we think, when we think about intuitive, there's like, you know, those people that are in their like floppy dresses and like channeling and all of that. But intuition is much more subtle than that. Mm. I, yeah, it's funny what it, you... It whispers, can't, right? Can't, like, can't say the word. Yeah. Can't pretend... <laughs> Oh my god, you know when you break it down? Cut. Compartmentalize. Yes. <laughs> it is like not coming out at all. Um, but you think you have to do this, 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 yes. and this for it to be that. And like when you just said the thing about since Horn passing away, the level of spirituality I feel is wild, but yeah. not like a yeah. full woo woo spirituality. Yeah. It's just opened up this kind of like portal for yes. me to really in tune with. And prior to Juan Pantanay, my one of my good friends, if she's listening to this, she knows exactly who she is, <laughs> that she was like our um, like spiritual sister. Like, yeah. So she um, finds it hilarious now that I'm into like angel cards yeah. and uh, sound healings and things like that. And because she was always like talking and I'd be like, that is so woo-woo. Like, yes. just stop. Yes. <laughs> so. To me, it's like, you know, there's this conditioned belief of what a spiritual person looks mm-hmm. like. And... I think that that actually pulls people out of 
pulls people down the wrong path and mm-hmm. like actually searching for it in a way that's not correct for them mm-hmm. to me personally the most spiritual people are the ones that know themselves and are connected to themselves mm-hmm. to me that's a truly spiritual person all that other shit that exists out here most people are using that to bypass mm-hmm. so it's like they're perceived as highly spiritual highly connected and it's like yeah but you can't be present in your body mm-hmm. so like you're a human like that needs to be like moving through you mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the fear element of that gate is the fear of the future. Yes, which um, I only have both fear of the past and fear of the yes. future, and I'm like, just chill it in the present. Like, yeah. I need to start focusing on that. Which that is nice for you in that generators can only respond in the present. Mm-hmm. The response can only be in the present, which is why you've kind of made all that space in your life mm-hmm. because. When everything's planned out and you're busy all the time and doing things, there's no place or space for response. Mm. And being able to, like, spend your days in response, it actually, once you, like, learn to, your mind becomes okay with it, which can take a very long time mm-hmm. for your mind to truly be okay with it, it just creates really beautiful space. Like, on Saturday, I had to go to Brisbane and we had, all I had planned was, like, an Airbnb that we had to check into. No idea what we were going to do. Got up. I was like, oh, I had a something waiting for me. So I went and picked that up. And then it was nearly lunchtime. So I looked up like dog-friendly places <laughs> on the Goldie and ended up at, I think it's called the Paddock, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. It was so it good. Like the cutest yeah. place. And then like this. And so this is how it goes. It's like, yeah, there was a response for that. And then Noah and I were talking. I was like... Look at these feedy had sneakers on. I was like, do you like do you want to go get some thongs or something? And he's like, Oh, I actually really like props. I was like, Oh, I hate props like, with a passion my whole life. He's like, like out of generation. Oh. He's like very anti and now they're mer- there's people that are definitely making the merge over. Oh my I god. Haven't, I, haven't I, I have like I lived with outdoorettas during <laughs> at uni, so like I've tried them on. They are really, really comfortable. I could never, I would die inside. So it's like, okay. All right. So I looked up at like Crocs place and there was one and it was where you catch the ferry to go to Stratty, like oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I've never been to this part anywhere. So like we went there, the Crocs place was like a bust, but then we like drove all around there and went to the lighthouse and like drove around Morton Bay and it was really beautiful. Wherever the day shall take us. Yes. And it was so nice. Then when we got to the Airbnb, we went to the supermarket and there was a sushi train place there, which is like my son's favorite. Mm-hmm. If you are a generator or a manifesting generator, sushi sushi train is great because you can see it and you can respond. respond. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so we ended up there for dinner. It was, yeah, it was just really nice. Beautiful. And but you have to have space for days yeah. to be able to be like that. And that was a big goal of mine for 2022 was spaciousness. And I worked extremely hard to create that space to the point now I'm kind of like, okay, getting a little bit antsy. Yeah. <laughs> but things are definitely coming up that I am responding to. And it's a lot of it has been no. And I know that um, one of the best energetic alignments is the word no. Yes. And not saying yes to everything and being okay yeah. with that. So I'm yeah practicing my no. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really important for a generator yeah. to be able to say no, especially when you have an undefined 
ego center mm-hmm. and even just like people pleasing perfectionists yes. being able to say no is a big <laughs> thing too let's move on to channels which we're not going to like fully go into them yes. but that's another part of this incredible human design and yes. the main one i'm going to touch on <laughs> which you probably already know is going to be um my struggle gate yeah, so the channel of struggle. Yeah. So what happens is when two gates join, it creates the channel, and when there's a full channel, that then is how the centers get defined. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you have the channel of struggle, which is a part of the individual circuitry. And so individual circuitry is just that. It doesn't really, like, give a crap about anyone else. It's just, like, I'm on my individual path. I'm, like, I think all your circuitry is individual, yes? So that means, like even more so you're not meant to listen to anyone else and like people telling you what to do is like going to interfere with your process so Mm -hmm. people with individual circuitry they're here to be themselves that then makes a mutation in the collective Mm -hmm. but they're not trying to make the mutation they're Mm -hmm. just like being themselves and then the Mm -hmm. mutation happens but this channel of struggle means that you're here to learn what is worth struggling for and what's not. Mm -hmm. And so there's always going to be an element of struggle in the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, like I, the people in human design, I like to follow are the people that like share their lived experience Mm -hmm. because I think that's better, easier to connect with. Definitely. And like the people who channel struggle are so funny. It's like they go to the supermarket and buy juice and then like the lid falls off and the juice like spills (laughs) everywhere. Like there's just... Always these little struggles that happen. Like there's the big ones as well. Yeah. But then there's like an element. And so then it's like, well, that's a gift that you're here to like figure out what's worth struggling for mm. because then that helps everybody else. And I think even when you said to me in one of our sessions that, you know, acknowledging that it's there, that yeah. your life is going to have struggles in it and yeah. knowing what's worth struggling or fighting yeah. for will yeah be this progression in life yeah. that will solidify what's important and what's not because your conditioning will have you struggling for things that aren't mm. correct or like thinking before about how you talked about how you begin all these things how long have you struggled in things for too long mm-hmm. yeah right and you were just meant to start them mm-hmm. yeah definitely can relate to that too <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, again, that loving acceptance yeah. of, like, not hating the struggle anymore, knowing that it's there to teach me and yes. guide me and I'm going to figure things out from it. And it's just that different perspective on how you tackle things yes. that can completely change your mindset, change your life, lifestyle, your everyday yeah. of just being like, well, you know, this is who I am. Yes. This is what I'm about. It changes. It really changes everything. It, it really change, does. It does. Like, it's... People out there selling like, oh, you can like do uh, your Jupiter that'll teach you how to get money. Like you can't hack the chart like that. No. That is 100% not self bullshit. But by following your strategy, following your authority, like that will change every aspect of your life, whether you try to make it or not. You don't have to try to make it. It Mm -hmm. just does. It filters into everything and it's so powerful and I just think for me it's like I'd already been doing a lot of work on myself before I found human design so I had deconditioned a lot Mm -hmm. but it's just really allowed me to love and accept myself and value myself in a way that 
I might not have been able to. I don't know. I just think it's such a beautiful way to like be able to learn to love and accept yourself and like see who you really are. I think, you know, lots of stuff in the spiritual self-development things, it does, that stuff does, but it doesn't because like there's still that expectation that you would like experience or have things be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's why like I love knowing the designs of everyone I work with because Mm -hmm. It just gives me such a different pers- like it really helps me see. That's people. a life hack. Yeah, and I'm like I'm lucky in that because of my intuitiveness and everything. Like I've always been able to kind of see, but to like have this like physical representation, it just means that I can cater to people so much better. And like I could never go back to school teaching now because mm-hmm. like. The cookie cutter. Oh, my God. It's, like, soul-crushing to think about what we're doing to kids in schools when Mm -hmm. you think about their designs. Like, you were talking about you being a manifesting generator and, like, having all these ideas and all of that and then your son with ADHD and it's, like, well, actually, majority of people diagnosed with ADHD are manifesting generators. Mm -hmm. Which he is. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so it's, like, there's all these... Like all these things, this is taking it on a tangent. Sorry, mm, but there's yeah, all these there's all these things in schools that are like perceived to be like negative and bad behaviors. But like, what if you looked at their chart? So it's like for you, you need a calm environment to eat and digest food. What if your classroom is noisy and so then you don't want to eat, and then the teacher's forcing you to eat mm-hmm. your food? Yeah, like that sort of stuff's happening to kids all the time. Yeah, and it, 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 and that was one of the things, like, how knowing this information about your kids, yeah. like, I feel like it's this, like, golden life nugget that yes. if you start talking to them about it now at this really yeah. early age, that, like, we're not all supposed to be the same, which is, like, blanketed, like, yes. you know, you but, 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 it's true, yes. but it's, like, you don't even, firstly, like, I would never talk about a kid's chart with a parent unless the parent is looking, working with their own design and understands yeah. it. Because if you don't understand yourself, anything you try and implement for your kids will not be sustainable mm-hmm. because the change has to start with you mm-hmm. because obviously, like, you're, you're reacting and doing things in different ways because of your chart. Mm-hmm. And if you have no awareness of that, but then you're trying to force your kids to be aligned with their design, like, that just will never work. Mm-hmm. But you don't even have to – like, I don't sit with my son and show him his chart. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have a bar of that. Yeah. But I know and understand his chart so Mm -hmm. that I can parent him in a way that supports his unique design. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't need to know it. Yeah, unless he... Unless he wants, is interested. Because essentially, like, kids are born correct to their design. Mm -hmm. We just condition them out of it. Mm -hmm. So if you know their design from a young age, they will still be conditioning. Like, they've got to have something to work through when they're an adult. But, like, you just create the conditions for them to be able to be themselves. Yeah. And you have seen their design, you know information about it, so then you know what conditions you need to create to support that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really empowering as a parent because how much things are you, like, how much stress and stuff are you dealing with in your parenting journey that's actually things that you should be just like letting go of Mm. because that's who they are yeah and i think it's just such a big identity piece which is the Mm. the 
is the heart center identity? Or no, the, the, the G, the G, the G yellow one. Yeah, that, you know, it's we're really at the core of who we are is our identity. Yeah. And when we have so much noise around yeah. us and especially social media noise too, yeah. that not being able to really tap into who you are and having parents encourage you from a young age, I think, to be... Yeah you know, who you are. It doesn't mean that you can go out and be, like, a fucking shit human. Like, no. you know, like, if you were being... There's a difference between acceptance and excuses, mm-hmm. right? Well, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with, like, you know, obviously I worked in a school for a long time. It's the same with kids getting labels, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you wanting your kid to be labelled with ADHD? And I'm not meaning this at you. No, I'm totally open for the conversation. Are you wanting that label so then you have an excuse and a justification for every behaviour that happens? Or are you wanting that label so that you can get tools to like support them and move Mm -hmm. forward? I can tell you more than often it's the label and an excuse. Yeah. And it's um, not something I fully have touched on yet in the podcast, but it will be another another episode going through um, like disabilities and diagnoses and things like that. And I think, well, one, for me, it was like he was going to get expelled from school. So I really yeah. had to like dig you had deep, an extreme like, situation. Had to dig deep about like what was going on there, which again was an incredibly stressful situation because I love and accept him for who yeah. he is. And he was definitely not a cookie cutter child in the yes. classroom setting. But those behaviours that manifest at school don't manifest at home because in that school environment, they're forced to be in a certain way, which isn't conducive to being correct to most kids. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most kids have to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does have its pros and cons. Don't get me started on the, the curriculum. But um, <laughs> I do love the teachers and the support that I had during yeah. that process, and they really made it a lot easier, even though, you know, at the end of the day, they're just doing their job too, and they're there. Oh, to, and I understand yeah. the teacher side of things too, like, I had 27 grade one kids one year, grade one, two kids, and there were a lot of kids that were medicated and emotionally highly reactive and volatile. Mm. And it is hard to Mm -hmm. deal with that every day. But I was lucky in that. Can barely handle three kids. Because I'd already been doing so much inner work and like meditated and everything, I was really calm. And mm-hmm. so when they would lose their shit, I wouldn't meet that and get like sucked yeah. into it, which that made a big difference. But definitely. it's definitely like a lot to emotionally manage. So I understand from an education perspective, like why they do want to medicate kids and all of that. So then it kind of like, it's it's such a complex thing and it's different for every single child every single family like there's so many layers every education setting and i wasn't anti-medication i'm not anti-medication really at all i think that it has a place and a purpose for people that need it i didn't want to do it it wasn't at the forefront i was doing a lot of other things therapies trauma therapies like sport therapies things like that but it just wasn't working and since having the medication i'm like barely hear from the school that yeah. I'm like emailing them like are we all good like I know yes. no news is good news and like if the phone now does ring with it and some um, you know the beautiful receptionist yeah. um that looks after the kids and she's like oh there's a bump on the head I'm like bump on the head is great I'm like as long as it's not a get me right now I'm yeah. good and my nervous system in itself is calming down so much yeah because you would have been so conditioned to like the phone ring being like oh fuck do I have to go to school yeah like now? run what's happened <laughs> 
but um, yeah, I definitely think for those that are wanting to experiment with their human design, what you said is really pivotal to figure it out for yourself first, because yes. if you don't understand yourself or you don't like get it yeah. to then try and dictate to someone else how they should be living in their design, uh-huh. it sounds like a big old mess. It is. Yeah, it is. And, and kids reflect their environment. So, you know, um, I had an ex and he used to always be like, oh, uh, do as I say, not as I do. And I'm like, that's, that's saying is such bullshit because that's not how it is. We yeah. can be saying and doing all the right things, but the kids, the, our kids are conditioned based on how we act and like mm-hmm. what they see. They mirror that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I taught lots of kids that had anxiety mm-hmm. and the parents would be taking them to counseling and all mm-hmm. of that. And the kids weren't really getting better. Mm-hmm. And you'd talk to the mum who was full of anxiety herself, but yeah. not doing anything to help herself. So really yeah. the kids anxiety wasn't theirs. It was mm-hmm. that they were mirroring and so conditioned by their mum mm-hmm. that that was playing out. So I'm a very big advocate for like parent dealing with their shit first. Yeah, like your own oxygen mask yes, first. Yes, 100% yeah. because then like for me when I had anxiety and depression, my son was impacted by that. Definitely. And then as I got better, he changed a lot mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah, it's there, you know, the they know us like we yes, know ourselves. Yes, parents are like, oh, our kids have no idea about this. I'm like, yeah, they know. I know. And, like, especially, like, Carter, he knows when I need a hug. Yeah. Like, even if he's been driving me batshit crazy, like, he knows. And, it, like, that there's not a hug that feels anything like it in the world when it just comes from his own little intuitive being yeah. to be like, mum needs a hug and he just appears. And very rarely, like, Eden's great parent so he puts the kids to bed every night because I'm really tucked up in bed and he does the walk down the stairs and does the kisses and the covers and the good night and I don't know do that and just last night um Carter came up and gave me a kiss and a cuddle and I had been having somewhat of very like emotional stressful week um and that's exactly what I needed yeah like I and just that love from him made me just feel so calm and relaxed to go to bed and be like tomorrow is a new day yeah and i feel calm yeah i also think that's part of the reason why i ended up working with kids Mm -hmm. because i didn't like myself and but the kids always saw beyond that like Mm -hmm. the kids always saw me really clearly they were probably the kids i taught knew me better than any of the adults i knew and so then once I did like that like you know work of starting to like myself i didn't need that from them anymore and so I think that's what also made it easier for me to live. Well, the energy exchange. Yeah. You know, and I have this really big belief that, you know, everything serves a purpose, whether we like it or not. Yeah, and there's so many stepping stones throughout our life. And for me, the feeling stagnant is almost like a yeah. suffocation for me. Like yeah. I love this kind of like moving forward, but also not confusing present moments with being stagnant. Yeah. But also being a generator, there is an element of like stopping, like there is a plateau period for a generator where the generator just won't respond. Because if you think about like an actual generator, they don't run 24-7, they turn on and off. Yeah. And so it's the same with the response. You can't force yourself to have a response. I went through a period last year where it was like four months and I didn't respond to anything. I was pretty much like a blob in bed. I think I've just had that four-month experience. Yes. 
right? Like, and so I got up and did like the mum things that I had to do, yeah. and then Noel would go to school, and then I'd just be in bed. Yeah. And I like felt myself putting on weight. I felt all of these things happening, and I was like, "There's no response to do anything about it." I'm, and I surrendered into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, "I could force myself out of it, but I'm like, this is playing out for a purpose." And just kept going yeah. on and on. Like, I know. Fuck, I can really relate to that. It's really <laughs> starting to like wear me down. I'm like, this is not who I am. What am I doing? And it was a, a solid yeah. four month period, also. And I was getting really, like, I would say borderline depressed. Yeah. And I was becoming unwell. Like, my yeah. health was deteriorating from me just not being my yeah. usual mentally healthy, yes. like, physically healthy person. And I was becoming extremely frustrated and resentful at, you know, different circumstances. And myself. Yeah. Big piece was, like, with me. And um, that waiting to response while I was stagnant, you know, the podcast just kept coming back into my mind and a lot and it probably was like two or three months before I responded and go this actually feels really good for me because you can have that intuitive feeling that you're meant to do something and people think that that's the response but it's not Mm -hmm. for you it was then people replying to that story you did mm-hmm. and asking about the podcast mm-hmm. the res- the thing you respond to needs to be external to you mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah it it really um it's you and the time that we've had together and learning that this has really impacted me at the right time where i have yeah. this space to like dive in i don't necessarily you know i have a lot of free time at the moment aka space and i feel like i don't want to sit and watch tv anymore because when i was physically unwell that's what i was doing and i now associate (laughs) slobbing about being unwell like until it then feels like rest it didn't feel like rest it felt like a a verge of depression and that I was incredibly frustrated with my life and the holding pattern that I'd been in for a period of time and I just needed to throw the tail in for a little bit. It might be burnout, overwhelm, like there's so many different words. And I had to restore that energy. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. I'm not fully restored, but I'm working on it. Yeah. And it's a gradual thing. Yeah. Like when I came out of my period, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm back. And then there was like, oh. It was like it kind of like was a little bit of a dance for about a month or two yeah but then it was like you know the opportunity to work with jazz came which mm-hmm. has then like led me to have connections with other people and some like other stuff has played out as well and it's it, i think it was like a reset mm-hmm. it felt like torture at the time because I surrendered so deeply into it. Mm-hmm. But, and I think it, like with human sign, like one, if you are a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, like an amazing tool to have to really excel in business, but removing that for relationships, the relationship to sell. Oh my gosh, relationships, like most people, like so often it's an undefined solar plexus with a defined solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And most of the issues like come as a result of that lack of understanding of each other's emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Welcome Eden and I. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know when we were like talking initially before I knew what Eden was I'm like, there's something emotional. Yeah. <laughs> there, like there has to be. Like I didn't get his actual design correct, but I was like, there will be something emotional there because we are just like 
two yes. completely different people when it comes to that. And, um, you know, when I definitely feel um, complete or at least content with what I've gained about myself, opening that airway to be able to like dabble in his, because like essentially we spend so much time with our partners um, I don't expect him to be interested in everything I'm interested in, but I do like the ability for my growth to slowly rub off on yes. him that I'm like, well, guess what I learned today? And it, you having all that individual circuitry, it will. Mm. It will. Yeah, we, as I said, we could talk yes. for freaking hours and hours and <laughs> then it would be like a trilogy and, episode. And <laughs> not even scratch the surface, right? Like. Yeah. I, I'm i like four or five years into my human design experiment. They say it takes seven years to decondition. I believe it's a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. Like by seven years, yes, you might be really embodied in your design, but you're constantly being conditioned by the environments that you're in. So there's always an element of that. Um, oh, now I've lost what I was saying. The, that it's like ongoing. Yes, it's totally ongoing and there's no end point. And no. I think that's the same with like most inner work. People are like, oh yeah, if I meditate every day in my journal, there's like a point mm-hmm. I'm going to reach. Sorry, but there's no end point with anything. It's all about actually being able to just like lovingly accept the journey and mm-hmm. see the beauty in all of it. Because that's actually how you change your life. It's not changing your what's actually happening in your life it's just changing the way you perceive and understand it mm-hmm. and that you know as the cliche goes like it's the journey that not the destination yeah. so like if you think that like when and this is the big work that i've had to do on myself is that if i just get to here i'm going to be okay i'm going to be done and that, then that's it and then like there's a fucking detour and i'm going but also you get there and you're really disappointed because <laughs> it doesn't live up to the expectations yeah, that it doesn't said. fill this like gap that i thought it was going to fill so now i know that i'm forever evolving i love having my line one my investigator and i'm always going to be interested in things and researching them and sharing them with everyone <laughs> which is what we've done today and I so hope that everyone has really um connected with what you were saying on a level that like gives them that permission to explore a little bit deeper into themselves yeah Yeah. because sometimes as busy mums or just busy people we don't spend enough time on ourselves. yes and it it sounds counterintuitive but that actually giving time to yourself makes you a better mum. Mm-hmm. It makes you better at everything because you are giving yourself what you need. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get pissed off at everyone else for not giving you what you need. Mm-hmm. It's like you just give it to yourself and then you actually don't need things off other yeah, people. share from the overflow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tegan. It's been absolutely amazing. But before we wrap up, we are going to do our hot seat, which oh, is a, just a quick this or that. <laughs> okay. So don't overthink it. Answer straight away. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Coffee or tea? Tea. Beach or bush? Beach. Heels or sneakers? Oh. <laughs> I used to be heels. Now I'm barefoot. Barefoot. Love it. Water or wine? Water. Uh, briefs or bangers? Briefs. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Book or movie? Ooh. This might be controversial, but I actually a lot of times enjoy watching the movie first mm-hmm. and then reading the book. 
helps visualization. Yes, the visualization and then it's like, yeah. I can Not relate everything, to that. but yeah. I can relate to that. Um, early bird or night owl? Uh, early bird most of the time. Perfect. That is our little hot seat. And Tegan, again, thank you so much for beautifully donating your time today to be on the podcast. I know that a lot of the listeners would have gotten a lot of out of it. And if anyone is feeling very called to connect with you, how can they connect with you? So I have an Instagram. It's at Tegan Parkey. Um, and so you can reach out on that. I've got like links in my bio to mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I do human design sessions. The human design sessions, I open the Akashic, we haven't really talked about them, but the mm-hmm. Akashic records, I open them up so that it there's an, yeah, and well, it's just adds an extra intuitive layer mm-hmm. to the reading, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. And plus you get to just be held in their healing energy the whole mm-hmm. way through, which is nice. Um, it is so nice. Yeah. So yes. Um, <laughs> human design session. I now have got an option where you can book a human design session that comes with a follow up. So mm-hmm. there's like an integration session afterwards, which I think is like key because yes. it's just never enough. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and it is like, I've been studying human. De- this is what I was going to say before I'm lost. Mm-hmm. I've been studying human design for years and I still am scratching the surface, mm-hmm. right? Like it's so deep. It's so layered, so nuanced. There's mm-hmm. so much. It's like endless really. Um, yeah, so you can book sessions through that. You did a human design session and then booked a package. So the packages are sold as like Akashic record sessions, but really it basically be ends up being an hour and it goes, they end up being whatever you need them to be. Yeah. I feel like one of my gifts is really being able to meet people where they're at and kind mm-hmm, of giving definitely. people what they need. Kind of like just an intuitive package. Yeah, just like <laughs> draw it. So I have like, um, I'm a receptive person in my human design. And so basically like people draw out of me what they need. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. And I have been draining you. <laughs> <laughs> I like, give me more. Um, so fun. And you do have a very special gift for all of the listeners. If they are interested yes. in working with you, if you wanted to book a session, I've made a discount code. It is fabulous. And it'll give you 20 not 20, it'll give you 10% off a session. Perfect. Well, thank you again. It has been amazing. And we'll share all of that information in the show notes. And just remember, we're all flawed, but we're also fucking awesome.